You are listening to the Legendarium Blue Team. You have chosen wisely. Go to patreon.com slash legendarium to support the show. You know what? Wait a minute. This is our episode. And we're done. Somebody tell Craig to go. Yeah. What's what's Craig what's Craig doing here? He's chirping from the Craig. peanut gallery. <laughs> I was winning this conversation. No, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's never true. Welcome to the Legendarium. We are the blue team. We are ready for the for those of you who are wondering what the what the what the cliffhanger was, what we were gonna do with that cliffhanger, <laughs> we'll get to it. Wait, wait um, five more minutes. We we <laughs> keep waiting. Um we have Ken Professional and, Tees. We have yes. Ken and Megan and Todd in the room. You know what? It just occurred to me. We were so busy talking about how glad we were to be here. I never mentioned last episode that it was Ken and Megan and Todd. <laughs> I hope you figured it out, friends. People if you guys, if they didn't figure now. it out, well, yeah, they haven't been listening to us for very I'm long. Pretty sure we all said our names at one point. Yeah, Probably. somewhere along the line. That was Megan, Todd, and Ken. That's there. You go. There you yeah. go. Last episode. Hey, welcome to the second half of changes. Uh, we're talking about which apparently, I mean, I I guess this has been a big deal for everybody out in the world of Reddit and Discord of when we were going to get around. Well, to this. And, and and yeah. <laughs> When we were getting to it, but it's it's to been clarify, the it's one. not the second half of the book we're discussing necessarily. It's the second half of our discussion yeah, on the entirety yeah. of the book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So last time we talked a lot about Harry. We didn't talk a lot about some of the other characters. Well, it really, really quick in recap. I, I was going to say, I'm not going to do a recap. Do a, our no, do a recap, recap again. Do you want to read the recap again? When we talked it last time, no. Uh, but uh. but we didn't go through the list <laughs> of total wanted. changes. Do you want the list? Let's sure. go through it really the quick. list of all of the changes. That, the that sounds like changes. an appropriate. That sounds like an appropriate uh, recap for the second episode. All right. So, uh, starting from in no particular order, because I stopped writing them down as they came up because they kept coming up. Um, new office. These are these are things that are going to have to change. Not not the not actual. That they have not that the thing that happened. So, okay. Uh, a new office. Yep. A new apartment. Yep. A new beetle. Yep. Uh. A new staff. Yep. A new blasting rod. Yep. A new duster. Sad. Pour one out for Susan's duster. Yeah. Yeah. So a new map of the ways. How cool was that? Right? Uh, The winter night. He's the winter night. Yeah. No. A new job. No, he's not. Well, not if he was killed at the end of the book. Isn't he winter night until he dies? That's one of those things. That's that's something. That's I'm why very I'm saying he's dead. This, this we're going to get if there. If he died, he is no longer technically the Winter Knight. And whoever killed him absorbs his power. That what? Was, I did not know that. That was a question in my recap last time. Is is how does he get out of being the Winter Knight? If he dies, dies. I was going to say he's not dead. Well, cause, because yeah, he swims to the light, and I'm book, like, is that an actual thing or is this that is book death? twelve? Books 16 and 17 come out later this year. Yes. And, there are, and I think they're supposed to be 25 total. And I'm telling you, he's dead. The, he swims to the light. Okay. Yeah, but it's the light and it's an oncoming train. So what that means is he's dead because there are no trains underwater that he could swim to. That's so, how you interpret it. So yes. then the question becomes, how does he re-alive? So how are there more changes? What All more right, changes? So anyway, I haven't uh, seen um, a body of dead Harry Dresden, so... So he becomes the Winter Knight, <laughs> or he became the Winter Knight. How about that, okay? Yes, okay. there we go. There we go. A uh, new job for Murphy. Yeah. 
perhaps. Former cop. Yeah. Murphy. Or at least she leaves the old job. Yep. Susan turned into a full red. Right. That's really more of a plot point than a change because she advances the plot. And the, uh, well, a, a daughter. Yep, Harry has a daughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Max speaking a full sentence, <laughs> which is more of a, more of a plot point also, but still was so funny that Yeah. that it but, it, it took me it took me saying, "Whoa, what the heck?" And and the biggest change, a one-word title in the book. That was a big change. So Paul those are changes. interesting. I would Also, the another change I'm going to add that he needs to find Mr. Oh yeah, where's Mr.? We lost yeah, track Mr. of a cat. We lost track of a well, cat. Well, these are these are questions that we can talk about coming up. What? I would and and I would say one of the biggest changes is that Harry figures out that he has more family. Yeah. And all of these changes. <gasps> he has a whole fellowship. A new grandfather. All of these changes come as a result of one change. One sentence. Harry, they have our daughter. Yeah. <sighs> all gosh. of this happens because of that one change. Isn't it fascinating that you can take one little event and have it multiply exponentially oh, on yeah. the impacts in a human and other humans and semi-human lives. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite I don't know if it's a piece of advice, but one of my friends once said to me, because I was I was having a rough day and I was just feeling like my life was terrible and it was never going to change and drama. And uh, my friend said, Megan, life can change in a day. And for Harry, it literally changes with one phone call. One phone call. Let's just yeah. hope that that's not a phone call that any of us get. Um, It's unlikely to happen for me. Yeah. Well, for me too. Yeah. Um, Just to be for, fair. For me, three. Um, I don't yeah. expect the random uh, call uh-huh. saying my daughter's... And if any of you out there listening have had that kind of a phone call, hey, keep it to yourself or write it in a book. Um, <laughs> if you need a hug, I will hug you. <laughs> Should we start off with a cliffhanger? Just let's start off with a cliffhanger. All right. So ooh. the boat scene. The boat scene. Hated it. So yeah. mad. Why did you I hate it? So I, I'm, mad. I'm oh very my interested gosh. in Which, this. this no, is wait a minute. Wait a minute. The boat scene is kind of long because we've got the That's boat scene true. with Harry alone. Uh. We've got the boat scene with Murphy and we've got the boat scene with Harry alone. So which one? Harry alone one, Harry alone two, or Harry with Murphy? The boat it's sequence. Harry alone two. Well, okay. You go ahead. Are you recapping the boat sequence? No, no. Why no. do you have your phone out? Oh, he he always does that. Because I'm okay. a modern man. I can't I can't I, go without all, my technology I, for more than twenty like, seconds. There's a part of me that was like, wait, Harry, my, like I, I, it it felt a little bit whiplastic. That uh. Whiplastic. I, I like know. it. I like it. I'm <laughs> gonna use that word sudden, from now on. Because Harry and Murphy have had this conversation several times where they're like, no, the we're will not they, going to they? get together. Yeah. The will they, won't they? And then they have this last conversation where they're like, okay, maybe let's give this a try. So Circumstances saying... have changed a little bit. So let's give this a try. And so I'm just kind of like, ah, okay, I've got, I just want to see what happens. I don't know how I feel about it yet. But before I had a chance to feel anything, I'm sorry, with everything that happened in this book, I have, I have two, I have two ways of feeling. So with everything that happened in this book, I was very angry that it ended the way that it did because I was like, whoa. <laughs> After all that way. It's uh, so hard. I know the next book is called Ghost Story, but that is supposed to mean different things. But I, yeah. he ends it in a way where it's very ambiguous as to whether or not Harry has actually died. I feel like it's ambiguous regardless of how Todd He's dead. interprets it. He's dead. I feel like it's ambiguous. 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 And... Uh, I'm annoyed, but also, like, I can see on the side of Jim Butcher, I can see how one of the changes could be he changes the way he ends a book. And if this is the only time it happens, great. And if it's not, that's fine. But at least I'm 
I don't like change, you guys. I don't like it. <laughs> so then you shouldn't have read the book. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't let me not read it. <laughs> That's true. That's that is true. That you would have not been kinda, okay if I hadn't read the last chapter. We, we no, kind of would have been dragged sad. You it. I blame you guys, even though I made the choice. <laughs> you would have been sad. Nice. You would have nice. been sad if you hadn't read it. Yeah, if would I have? If you'd have like come me, in, have you read the book, The Princess Bride? You're not you, supposed to read the last three pages because otherwise you're just yes. Sad. And Don't I read have the read, last three pages. I have read the last three pages, and I, I was too. very. Sad. I just, I, I just chalked that part up to fan fiction. I'm I like, actually, yeah, that's not real. I actually laughed a lot during those last three pages. But I was also very upset because I finished Changes and it ends on what I feel is a cliffhanger. It is not a cliffhanger. And He's yet, dead. Then, I, then I had to wait three weeks for Todd to finish reading the stupid book so that we could talk about it. <laughs> And then at some point, do a recap of the last three books, apparently, and then I can start reading Ghost Story. Yeah, I. Oh I, no, we can start reading Ghost so Story. So a month right later, now. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought seriously thought that Ghost Story meant oh hey maybe he's got a client that's a ghost or something that's going to be interesting. No 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 it's no it's that it's Harry's a, a ghost. It's a it's a four hundred page life before your eyes type of thing. I, I'm expecting. I'm really really interested in how this goes. I'm I, I am too, too because yeah. he's dead. Fascinating. He's dead. I, I would not be surprised if he was, and that is fine. I just would I would like I wanted I need a body. I need he's, something for sure because even in aftermath, they're not sure. And Murphy says, you know, until I see a body, I don't believe it. Now the interesting thing is I gotta I gotta tell you, having not read aftermath, okay, um, that now destroys my first theory. My first theory was Murphy kills him. Oh. Murphy's the one that shoots him Sorry so that he Whoa. never has to become the winter knight. Whoa. Ooh. That's interesting. I don't huh. think it happens now, but yeah, that's interesting. That would have been an interesting theory. It would have. Yeah, it would have been an interesting theory I if sighed. it hadn't been for Aftermath, which says... Sorry, I spoiled that part. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. But I still think, I still think somebody, somebody has done that. Somebody has in, a mercy. Somebody in Harry's circle of people Father has, Fort Hill. has done that to ensure that Harry does not have to become the Winter I, Knight. I like these theories. I think they're all wrong, but I like them. Oh, they're totally wrong. I, 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 I don't think I like don't know. Jim Butcher. We've established all that. All predictions wrong or your money back. That's our motto here at yeah, the Legendarium. Because um, I, I, I have to admit, if Martin hadn't already been dead, I would have given it to Martin. Oh, I would have thought so too. Kincaid. Kincaid has said many times that's the way he would do it. Uh, I oh. jumped through my head. Jumped through my head. I don't think and it was him. It being the winter night too. doesn't make any sense because it, because remember whoever oh. whoever kills the previous night takes the power. I think that's an interesting theory that I didn't think of before because my my philosophy was the same as as reading all these books or seeing movies and stuff. No body, no death. Haven't found his body. He's not dead. But I like that loophole because. Like we're saying, he can't. He can't be the Winter Knight for he, several books. There's, it, it just it won't work. No, it won't. It has so to. So that would be an interesting loophole to get him out of it. It he has died, be, and it went I like on the idea else. of it being Kincaid because in this book changes. They brought back so many little pieces and plot points and characters from previous books. Yes, that that's just like another nice thing to kind of plug in there. Yeah, and he was in the book. I mean, that was a great little. <laughs> Great yeah. little. Did, did Harry ever write down? She says you're on your own. Oh. Yeah, he he wrote down something to Ivy, and then Kincaid called. Okay, good. Yep. So I'm like, okay, so Ivy knows. She knows what's happening. She does, and She's a smarty. because and because Kincaid, because Mab would be able to say to the Winter Knight, "You must kill whoever I want," and because Mab, I can see Mab just being a 
an absolute jerk of a, of a, of a creature to say, and I want you to kill Ivy. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, so oh, it no. can't be Kincaid. Oh, no. It it's can't be Kincaid. But mm. Kincaid said that's how he would do it. So that made sense. And could be a Marcone goon. I don't believe it is. It could be a Marcone goon. I and and we may be wrong about the idea that it whoever kills the Winter Knight automatically gets their power. Because remember, yeah. the Summer Knight was killed and the power had kind of floated away until a, a ritual was done. Well so maybe it is, you know, it was power it wasn't the killing of Lloyd Slate that gave him the power. It was the it, it was, was the, the ceremony. It was the tapping that. It was the <laughs> that gave him the power. You hit that? Um, it is the, it is all of the, it is all of the stuff. So the power has flown, I believe, I believe one of our merry band that knows what's going on killed Harry to prevent him from needing to take up the win the mantle of the winter night. That is interesting. What if it was fix? Oh, Why what if it was, fix? I guess it could be. What if it was, what if it was Lily telling fix do this to save Harry? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, there's, wow. there's so That's many, there's some thought. really good plot points that could go with this one, but I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to hold with the idea that Jim Butcher has had one of those characters do that as a way of letting Harry out of well, sure. that deal. That it, makes sense. Wouldn't it be interesting? That would be an interesting. If it was somebody who did it at the behest of his godmother. Huh? Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Because then, so she gets, then she gets the opportunity to she... interact with him in the afterworld and say, do you want to come back? It'll only cost you three small favors. Ah! <laughs> oh my gosh. Here we go again. Todd's a smarty pants. Get right back to where we, where we started. <laughs> oh, um, thank you. I think, uh, you know what? Wait a minute. This is our episode. We're done. Somebody tell Craig to go. Yeah. What's, what's Craig, what's Craig doing here? He's chirping from the Craig. peanut gallery. <laughs> I was winning this conversation. No, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never true all right so uh, so you say it's a cliffhanger you say it's not no wait you yeah, say what it's were a you gonna you say, say oh i you say, I it's, say a cliffhanger. it's a cliffhanger and i, hate I it. say it's not it's not a continue the next book is not like is it a, you know is is this a middle of a that no it's just, he's dead for, he's dead for the record jim butcher has insisted before that changes does not end on a cliffhanger as harry sets out to rescue his daughter from the red court even if it kills him he does and it did. Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure that the that definition was, of cliffhanger yeah. that I'm making up right now is that you begin a story and you stop in the middle of it. So uh, that is what it's, happened. It's not in the middle. Harry died. Harry died. He, oh, let's find out. You are probably right. I will concede you are probably right. <laughs> I am. But we don't know that for sure because it's from Harry's point of view. And maybe Harry would die and not know it. I, so, am, I am old enough to remember. Excuse me. I'm going to sneeze. Sorry. Um, I am old enough to remember when J.R. was shot and it was the biggest thing over Who the shot summer. JR? Who shot J.R.? And then a decade later, Mr. Burns was shot and it was the biggest thing over the summer. Who shot Mr. Burns? Now here we are. Harry Dresden was shot. Who shot Harry Dresden? By the way. That's a textbook example of a cliffhanger. In by my the opinion. way, only if you expect the character to live. Um, by the way, interesting. Five more books. No, no, no. That was never the question. The fact in that he lived was was inconsequential. It was who shot him. That was the question. It wasn't, does he survive it? He's just it shot. It was who shot him. He's dead. Yeah. He's dead. Uh, Someone shot die? him. I never watched that. No, I'm not that old. JR didn't die. I bet it's, I, you know what? Mr. The, more, the no. more I'm thinking about 
the more I'm thinking about this, the more I think it was Kincaid. I think it was Ivy telling Kincaid, kill Harry because he's my only friend. It, you know what? It's entirely possible that Ivy could have seen this That is coming so too. how a nine-year-old would think. <laughs> anyway, Not by the all. way, funny story. Did you know that in order to keep it secret, even from the cast of that particular television show of Who Shot JR, they had all, they filmed a sequence where all of the characters shot JR, including JR. <laughs> That's that is so funny. Yep, kind of funny. Anyway, side note, tangent. Let's come back. All right. All right. So we've 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 obviously talked about the fact that it is not a it is not a cliffhanger. Boy, we have exhausted that topic. Um, I I do want to say the way <laughs> Wait, that can... he the way that it was written though was really nice. First with the with the dumping of the duster off the edge of the boat. Yeah. Watching it sink, watching oh. it dissolve, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching that and I'm like, oh, this is really nice foreshadowing. Poor Harry. And then I thought it was just going to be that he was going to, you know, be killed and fall off the boat. And that was going to be the end of it. No, Murphy has to come over. Mm-hmm. We have to have this hope of a really nice. Re- and then we kill Harry. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. No oh. happy just, ever after for Harry. Which is a great ever. way to do it, too. It's just like all of a sudden, like, whoa, hey, what, yeah. what the? Oh, so let's shift yeah. gears. One of the things that I really liked about this book that made me laugh a lot was in, in the midst of all of the crying that went on in this book as well was the number of different movie references that we had. In oh my gosh. Right? We had the we had the Wizard of Oz where he's like, so now all I need to do is find a cowardly lion and a tin woodsman having cast myself as the as the uh, scarecrow because I obviously don't have any brains. Right. <laughs> by, by the way, that was a great job of foreshadowing also because Molly and her first parent says, you know, there are other references besides Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to which he proceeds Ooh. with, he proceeds with Gone with the Wind, with Lord of the Rings, with Pirates of Penzance. Pirates of Pirates Penzance. Penzance. Yeah, I mean Snoopy. <laughs> Snoopy, yeah. So we had a lot of there were a lot of fun ones. Probably the most fun one though, I ah. think if we really get into it, is Can I read it? Yeah, will you? <clears throat> it is like movies, Sonia said, nodding. Dibs on Legolas. Are you kidding? <laughs> Thomas said, I'm obviously Legolas. You're he squinted thoughtfully at Sonia and then at Martin. Well, He's Boromir, and you're clearly Aragorn. Anyway, I could keep reading that whole section, but it just made me so happy. <laughs> it was so good because everything that they were saying was right. I'm like, of course Thomas is Legolas. Well, and the best part is it gets down to Harry, and Harry's like, hey, who did I get cast as? And Sonia says, Sam. Sam. And Harry's just like, are you are you kidding? I feel like it should be obvious who I should have been. <laughs> and then when Sonia explains to him and says, yes, that is why you are Sam. Yeah. Yeah. And Sam, then, and Sam, then, yeah, oh, because Sam has to carry this weight, this burden by himself, and he has to do this terrible thing that he doesn't believe he can do while he's helping his family or while he's helping his friend through all of this. Some beautiful, beautiful references back to the Lord of the Rings. Well, and then it gets really heartbreaking because Sonia explains this to him, and all Harry can think about is that is Gollum, Gollum, and he's so afraid that he's going to be Gollum, who has been driven yeah. mad. Yeah, and Harry realizes that the. He's and he's been saying it for books now. He's realizing that the choices that he's making and the experiences that he has could easily help him go to the dark side, um, or evil wizardry, black yeah. council. I don't know what you want to call it, but he uh, he's he's trying to make choices to keep himself away from that. But he sees how easy it would be for him to move in that direction. Yeah, you know, and the fact that he sees how easy it would be is one of the things that makes me appreciate. The way that Jim Butcher has written Harry as mm-hmm. the, as a as an an enlightened human being, mm-hmm. he's not just feeling like he's being carried along by circumstance. 
he is aware. I make choices. I love that about Harry, yeah. and I love that about these stories. They have been they have been a wonderful uh, they have been a wonderful opportunity for me to sharpen my uh, my own uh, knowledge, my own self knowledge of being able to say how much of these choices am I making, and how much of these are circumstances that I am reacting to. Some really great stuff. Yep, I'm, I'm with you. Um, so. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm sorry. So we, we well, uh, something that I know Ken does have something on. We've been talking about, uh, we've been talking about the Lord of the Rings. Let's talk about goblins, shall we? Oh my Ooh. gosh! Good call. I, yeah. Nice transition. How, Thank you. How fun was that? By the way, it's like goblins. Oh, shouldn't we be able to take out a million of those? Not, not really. Oh, you've seen those <laughs> movies seen, too. You've seen those movies too. Yeah, I like those. Yeah, not these goblins. Great movie like, reference. Well, it just, oh, it, it kills good. me reading these Dresden Files books where Harry will go from a situation and it's terrible and it's awful and you think he's getting out of it and then it's just worse. And then, you know, you think he's getting out of it and then something else and I'm just, uh, poor Harry, this poor man, and I've thought this for a while now, he does not do anything by halves. Because he never knows what the end is going to be. So he goes through the whole fight. I'm sorry. I'm backing up a little bit. He goes through the whole fight at Rudolph's house and just gets pummeled Yeah. through that whole thing um, to the point where he's <laughs> taken regular Tylenol because he doesn't have Tylenol 3 anymore. Because <laughs> he had to bury it never. in the death garden. With Bob. <laughs> With Bob. <laughs> And you better come he, back for me. Like he just gets and it's one of those things where I'm like, I wish that Harry would be able to pull punches once in a while so that he wouldn't be completely messed up by the end. But that never gets to happen for him. No. And so, so he goes through this whole thing. It's like, oh, I guess you know we're gonna go spring Susan from the FBI, which is hard enough. But oh yeah, the FBI is overrun by vampires, and that's pretty terrible. Terrible. So let's go through one of the ways and see if we can. Nope, we're yeah. in the Earl Kings. <laughs> Erkling, Earl, King's Earl King, yeah. realm. Which, how appropriate, by the way, that the lair to the Earl King opens up on the FBI, right? <laughs> As one hunter layer to another. I mean, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, so funny. I thought, oh, that's just appropriate. The uh, <laughs> the 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 moment where he says, and then we saw him. You know, this this. I was like, oh, wait a minute. The last time we saw the Earl King. Harry kind of messed things up and it was going to be one. Oh, yep. The Earl King remembered that too. He sure does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but of Harry course, gets off on a technicality. But of course, how does he greet him? Greetings, winter night. Yep. <laughs> it's like, yeah. and isn't that where, isn't that where Susan goes, what? <laughs> I'll, I, I'll tell you later. <laughs> I have a feeling, by the way, that the Earl King has more respect or, or maybe likes Harry more than he lets on or more than that grudge that he might have oh yeah it's like yeah well, the you... fact that harry's gotten out of his clutches three times now yeah and and the fact that he respects he shows the the old school respect and mm -hmm. the and and the the forms of protocol and all of that but also that he kind of respects that the earl king and the minions of the earl king have a job to do and that's they're the hunters this is what you do respect you know go do your thing and i'll just be over here and i have a feeling that he well he sees harry as a little bit of a hunter himself so i don't i don't think that there's as much animosity there as as it's led on well there's certainly it, especially now that he's the winter knight uh or is he because he's dead well or at is, least in that moment he's it the is a little knight. bit of a slap in the face of hospitality for harry to just run into his lair during dinner that's 
kind of uncouth. Yeah, there, yeah. which Harry definitely recognizes. Just, just a little. I did get it. I I, I do want to go back though, talking yeah. about goblins. Okay. Um, when he makes a reference to them as being uh, supernatural ninja, something or others. Um, I, I remember because as I was reading it, I got to a, I, I got to the point where I was thinking to myself the same thing. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Goblins. Goblins are clumsy. Goblins are. And then I stopped They're and I reminded guys. myself, wait a minute. No, those were orcs. orcs. Yeah. Those weren't goblins. Goblins are nasty. Which is funny because the way most people refer or reference orcs now or see orcs now are maybe from World of Warcraft where they're big and tusks. and uh, That's how yep. I was thinking. But yeah, it's, it's these goblins are not little and wiry and these are the scary rip you apart goblins. Well, when and when they when he said that they started to move almost noiselessly and dug a trench in the rock with their bare hands. Yeah. It made me go, okay, this is not <laughs> and and to watch the way that this ring of fire is set up, well, in my head, to watch the way the ring of fire is set up and he and he's look when Harry looks at it and says, it had to be a lot hotter. <laughs> And then uh, when they when they go through this battle, it's it's really it's really interesting. One of the things that was interesting for me as I was listening to the way that this battle was laid out, and and Ken, you made reference to something that I thought was is is high praise. You said that, um, and you it was, that doesn't sound like me. It was it was when you were talking about how Butcher, Butcher has written a very Sanderson-esque, Sanderson-esque yeah. kind of battle sequences, yeah. both at Chichen Itza and also. Here, I thought was was very much a visual, uh, a, a visual play by play kind of a fest where he's talking about I can see this, but I can't see this, and so I pivot and I'm looking and I'm listening and I'm trying to do all these things, I'm trying to remember where the last time I saw it. It was very much uh, all encompassing and dragged me into that fight. Uh, one that I really, uh, of course, I have to be honest. My first thought was as soon as the metal pipe got severed and it was glowing hot on one end oh yeah why not stick that right in the face <sighs> i mean i'm thinking sweep that sucker up and go just let the thing come at you and go right up underneath the chin and right into the brain stem battle over no we have to draw this out a little bit longer eh, just a little but i guess that's why i don't write books right that's not cool enough <laughs> maybe uh I think it could have been. That probably could have been pretty cool. <laughs> I think we could have done some really cool Fine. stuff with that. <laughs> I but he did. It. I, I I will give it to you. Butcher did a wonderful job on this one of laying out how the how the four that are involved in the fight rapidly become three, and then it rapidly becomes the the two. Um, I and I thought of it as I thought of it as the two wolves against a grizzly bear, because yeah. or or you know when whenever you see that kind of a situation. Yeah, you kind of look at the grizzly bear and you say to yourself, ah, grizzly bear is really mean. It's really big. It's really doesn't stand a chance when the two of them are ganging up on it. Yeah. And you you knew, I think it was brilliantly written from start to finish in that you knew the Ebes weren't going to do their own dirty work. They were going to put the the ick in there instead. So you're like, oh, this. But the fact that Harry is smooth enough to go for the misdirect right off the bat and push the one vampire under the ick. is like, oh, well, Stunk. that that uh, leveled the playing field a little bit. You know, you know the number of ways that Harry flattened vampires in this in this particular one, <laughs> pretty impressive. Yeah. We got them being cut apart. We got them being smushed underneath an ick. Yeah. We've got them being leveled by gravity itself. <laughs> right. It is not his first rodeo. 
it's it's nice to see it's nice to see how Harry's skills have grown both tactically and magically and but that, that's all I that's something about. we didn't talk about is him and Susan being able to catch up and how just how he's changed since book three to now mm-hmm. and the things that he's able to well and she even says have you been working out yeah <laughs> like like oh yeah. you run really fast now yeah i have I been do. working out and well and <laughs> well you. when you happen to get chased by just about everything on the planet you'd learn to run a little bit better i'm thank super buff too but... which you'd know if never mind how about the... <laughs> go ahead and finish that one megan yeah. i will not <laughs> how how about uh, the way that they actually defeat the Ebes by defeating the thing and then all of the goblins descend on them and yep uh, and there's nothing they can do because nothing. they lost the fight and they that weren't the in Earl it. King says oh they might provide us with entertainment for a very long <laughs> time <laughs> I have turns, I, turns out they won't they'll only provide them for uh, you know, you know at three least or in, four hours at least until dessert yeah yeah for a few hours until Harry, yeah, you know, with the knife and pretty, stuff. Pretty, pretty amazing stuff. But it was a, it was a fantastic fight. But it was only a preview, so. And yeah. you know, and normally Harry's got some pretty decent fights that lead up to that lead up to a big throwdown. Yeah. But when you're, when you're big, when when your warm up fights are as big as the ones that he was doing, because he had that that the one at the beginning where he's going against the vet the vampires that are just before his building gets blown up. Mm-hmm. That one was about as good as some of the midpoint fights that he's had in some of his other books. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it really was an indication uh, all the way through this book. Wonderful indications, wonderful foreshadowing of just how, uh, just how big the stakes are. Yeah. In this Harry's, particular series. Harry's world is getting darker and more dangerous, but he, his skills, he's been growing and building his skills this whole time to, help him to be able to meet it, which is lucky because he needs that. What did you think okay. of Thomas? Thomas's drop back into this book? I thought it was good. I, th- I liked that they didn't dwell too long on the fact that he's back on the human feeding wagon. Me too. Mm, I was very, very happy when uh, like he and Molly kind of get in a situation for a minute in front of Harry. Yeah. And I was so happy when Harry stopped it when he did. Oh, I mean, Mouse not, stopped I was going to say not Harry. Because I uh, did not want to read Harry seeing that. And, that. and that's been foreshadowed a lot, too, with Molly and Thomas kind of having an attraction. Or at least Molly having a to- an attraction towards Thomas anyway. But she has this, this moment where she locks eyes and she tells Harry later, like, I see so much pain. Like, yeah. it's not what he wants to be. But right now, it's what he is. And probably always will be. And isn't it fascinating that Molly also is the voice of sanity when Harry and Susan, or when, yeah, when Harry and Susan start going at each other. Yeah. And she's like, uh, do you not remember that that's what started this whole thing? Can't do that, boss. But it's also, it's also, it's Thomas and Molly again who go off together when Molly is injured during that battle in Chichen Itza. It's Thomas who goes with her. Yeah. Yeah. And Mouse. Yeah. Um, And, and when Harry finds out about that, he goes, seriously, Lara Wraith has the ability to call a, a Navy chopper in the middle of Chichen Itza <laughs> yep. on a lander on an aircraft carrier. Yeah. Okay. That's a little, yeah. Harry's, I think Harry's starting to get a feel that he runs in a crowd a whole lot more powerful than he thought they were. Well, and it's never, yeah, a whole since lot he's more. never really been in a situation like that where he's had that kind of, 
connections, it never occurs to him to call on that. Yeah. yeah. But that doesn't mean that the people who are used to those connections won't. Yeah. yeah. They're, um, they're very resourceful over hundreds of years yeah. and such. Asking, though, how I feel about Thomas being dropped back in, I was a little disappointed that there wasn't more, like, reconciling, I guess, between Thomas and Harry. But I was really, really glad that Thomas was still willing to be there when Harry needed him. Yeah. And that he was able to, um, Thomas was able to control himself around all of these humans and and play his part. Well, so it's a lot easier to control yourself around these humans on the page when you're feeding on random humans off the page. Yeah, I think Truth. I think that's a part of it. I also think that um, I, I I think that this was a really interesting uh, opportunity for Jim Butcher to touch on the idea that, you know what? Family might be messed up, but family's still family. Yeah, but and it definitely felt very messed up. There was something that wasn't touched on that was tangentially alluded to that could affect Thomas and Harry, though, and that's when the Lenanchi pops back in and pacifies Susan and... and uh, Martin. Do, thank you. I was going to say douchey blonde guy. She pacifies Susan and Martin's demon. Right. Yes. So that their human side is in control. Then we don't see anything else about that. And then Thomas shows up who also has a demon mm-hmm. that he doesn't want. Is it possible that if it works for a red court half vampire, that it works for a white court full vampire? Maybe, maybe. And, and the, you know, the interesting piece of that is how does that, you know, how does that translate and what is that, uh, what is that continuation going to look like? We certainly know that, that, uh, well, that since Harry is dead, um, that somehow along the way, uh, he's, he's going to have continuing interaction with the fairy, uh, or with the, with the fae, with yeah. the she. Okay. Can I, can I make a comment about that though? If Harry is not dead, I could see like at the end before he actually dies. Mab grabbing him before he can die because she would not want to. She has fought so hard to get him as the winter night. I could see ghost stories somehow taking place um, all in the land of the Fae and Harry's adventures with Mab and all of those people. I, it's I'm probably wrong. It's but possible. But I'm saying that being, I'm, I'm saying that that could be a way to cheat death. And also it could be called ghost story because if he's in the land of the Fae and their time works differently than mortal time um everybody else would think he's dead for however long that may be oh what if he's gone for like 20 years and harry's aged like five days and, oh, that's it so could sad. be four, 400 pages in 30 minutes or something like yeah. that so here's another here you know we started this one by talking about some moments that made us laugh mm-hmm. uh we talked about all the movie references we talked about well not all the movie references but you know some of the fun ones we also talked about uh the the uh interactions that that we see between Harry and Thomas and some other pieces. But can I share with you one of the other ones that I found really, really funny? Sure. Was when uh, Odin is finishing his interview with Harry and, and we get a, we get a, I, at least I got a feeling that there's some real respect from Odin oh, toward yeah. Harry about the fact that he's always going against creatures outside of his weight class mm-hmm. and somehow pulling it off. He's like, I respect that. Uh, but he says that I can't really get involved. So, you know, you're on your own. And, and as he goes out and, and, 
guard comes in and says, well, you know, what happened? Well, we're on our own. And then this uncovers. He doesn't, he doesn't say you're on your own. He says, how do you know I haven't put you oh, right where right. you need to be? That's yeah. right. He says, how do you, he says that. But then uh, they, as they're sitting down, the cover comes off of that, whatever was brought in and it's tea and tea and donuts. Yeah. <laughs> white two, donuts. Two donuts with white frosting. No sprinkles. No sprinkles. <laughs> and, well, what are we going to do? Well, I'm going to sit here and eat these donuts. Yeah. Again, Great. another another callback. A couple of books ago when Harry looked at the gruff and said, wait, before we duel, a boon. Yeah. I would like a donut. <laughs> 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 and again, another moment where I laughed out loud and people around me were like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, none of your business. You don't I, get it. I feel like Vaterung and the Earl King are representative or they're, they're two more examples of you get respect, you give, or you give respect, you get respect. Yeah. Even when those people are so far above your level, we'll say. Or so far beneath. Yeah. Or, well, I mean, they, they are of a level where conceivably they don't have to consider you at all because nope. you are an ant and they are a boot and, but you give respect and regard to those so you earn the respect back yes, like, or oh, hey it could this, be just oh i'm sorry i was gonna say so this is this sub minimal creature entertains me you know or you know deserves my regard a yeah. little bit that is all very possible or <laughs> harry could just be seeing what he wants to see because he is an unreliable narrator so it's possible that he just wants to believe that these other beings are letting him go because they respect him they probably do actually respect him. I just want to throw in that little French. Can I just say, though, as a Cinderella girl, I really enjoyed the scene mm. in the limousine <laughs> where the island, the Leanne and she keeps uh, dressing up Harry. And Susan just, she makes a comment. Oh, do you want to say it, Todd? I, I actually, I wanted to back up for just a second oh. because leading into that, I also got a kick out of the fact that the exit from the Earl King's lair is into a Bass Pro Shops. Yes. Yeah. I was like, Woo! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when he When he started saying, I saw implements to kill, gut, clean, filet, you know, all that. I'm, I'm thinking, he's gone where? Yeah. He says, a Bass Pro Shops outside of wherever. I, yeah, I, I like, said a sportsman's <laughs> warehouse until he said Bass Pro. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But then. Yeah. But yeah, Harry's been calling the Leanne and she his fairy godmother for forever. And what I know of fairy godmothers could fill a teaspoon but uh you know it's from cinderella and she changes cinderella's raggedy dress into a nice one and the Leanne and she changes harry's raggedy coat and jeans into a suit of armor yes but no hats because harry doesn't wear hats that was the greatest i feel like that was the greatest inside joke line regarding the covers yep. agreed and that was my note i'm like ha ha i want to ask he wears a hat on every single cover i want to ask jim books. butcher if that's I do true too, when, he's, he's got that He's got that goofy cowboy hat on every yeah. cover. I'm, I'm going to ask him that question when he's on the show with us. I, which whenever that, is. whenever that is, we do not have that plan. Do not. Yeah, that's be mad don't at us. don't be don't be thinking we just dropped some kind of news because it isn't. Un, it no, it's a it's a gleam in all of our eyes. But I don't think Jim Butcher would even think if, about it. If Todd can beat the drum that Harry is dead, I can beat the drum that that, that Jim Butcher's coming on with us. That's Jim, happening. The, the fact that Jim Butcher even knows about us, that would be a pretty cool thing. I was going to say, he does know he? About us? I don't know. No. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I'm going to go out and call him right now. But you know what? Bass <laughs> Pro Shops, Earl King, makes so much sense. Right. Yeah. Another, the, if there is something that I love 
if there is if there is if there is, it was only one thing that I could say, oh, gee, these are the this is the thing that I love about the Dresden Files. It would be Jim Butcher's ability to weave humor into the midst of all of these heavy, heavy stakes moments. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I think it's masterfully done partly because you can't have all of that weight all the time. You yeah. have to give it time to release. And I just, I very much appreciate that. The scene in the, the starting with arriving at a Bass Pro Shops, mm-hmm. a green limousine pulling up that looks like it was from the 1950s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the fairy godmother. And when Susan looks at it, she really is a fairy godmother. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I told you. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and all of the different, and then. And then he says he starts looking out the window and thinking about things. And then he turns around and obviously they've been having fun changing Susan's outfits for the last for the next five minutes. And it's like, wow. (laughs) But it's cool how they use even they're using every single weapon at their disposal, including the first impression and picking the outfit for Harry that would bug the bad lady. I can't think of her name right now. Ariana the most. Yeah. Which is, this is what your husband wore back in the day when you married him. Remember how we murdered your husband? (laughs) 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 Whoops. (laughs) Uh, But but what a wonderful, you know, we kind of mentioned earlier that this book pulls threads Mm -hmm. from all of the previous nine books. Remember when we first started and we were like, this this feels like there's more going on. Yeah than just a single book. It feels like he's laying the foundation for some really big things going on later. Yeah. And we've got to the point where we've seen a lot of those pieces. I don't think we've seen all of them yet. I really oh, I don't. don't. Think so. oh, I think no. we've seen, I think we, but I think we've We're only halfway more. through the series as we know it. At best, yeah. Yeah. And and I and I think that it's really, um, it, it's really been fun and interesting to watch that. Yes. Go ahead. I just, I was thinking we're like 40 minutes in. Can we talk about Chichen Itza yet? No. Absolutely. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'll, but if we I'll talk about Chichen Itza, <laughs> I don't know where you wanted to start it, but I do not want to skip the part where everybody is turned into a dog and Mouse gets to be the leader. Let's talk and about Mouse. Mouse gets to talk. Oh Does he actually talk or was he just talking to them because they were dogs? I think that he was talking to them because they were dogs. However, the Lenanchi seems to indicate that if you listen correctly, you can hear him talk to you when you're not a dog. And Harry does, you know, he looks at Mouse a lot and is like, and he looked at me as if to say, which (laughs) could just be Mouse putting his actual thoughts into Harry's head. (laughs) Right. But I love that so much, that whole sequence, and they all turn into dogs and Mouse, that witch. funny, yeah. (laughs) Oh, the first so thing he hears him say is like, yes, that is Harry's dog. Yes. But the best, the best part of that whole thing is how did he win you or did I win him? Yes. Oh, a dog and his boy. My, I, I, I have, I, I do have to say though, that, that when it's over and Harry says, and we will never speak of this or smelling each other's butts. <laughs> And I'm sitting there. I, I guess part of the reason that that makes me laugh is because right now I have two cats. And that's all that one of them wants to do. And the other one's like, <laughs> get away from me all the time. That's what I do. Yeah. Be the hissing cat. Yeah, exactly. How fantastic is Mouse? I mean, we've known he's adorable and everything, but man, he he's he's a serious character. He is. He's got some serious business and he makes decisions and he knows what's going on. He is a partially because he he's a demon. He is a temple dog. Yeah. He is one of the foo dogs yeah. 
And this is much bigger. This is a much bigger deal than Harry has really. Harry's been aware that there are things about the dog that are that are that are hidden from him. Yeah. That he doesn't really understand yet, which is kind of funny. Why hasn't he asked Bob? Hey, Bob, can you tell me a little more about my dog? That no, is, it doesn't even true. cross his mind. Right. It's just his dog that happens to have some semi magical powers. Uh, no. Harry's, yeah. The moments when he sees Mouse uh, glowing blue. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm sitting there and I'm saying, I, I had I had memories of um, the Belgariad. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, and yeah. and uh, this 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 uh, thing that happens when when spiritual uh, demigods yeah. walk amongst us and they are they're nimble they're they have a nimbus of blue light. Well, about and them. even the aura has power. Yes. Yep. That aura. And so, Mouse, I think, I I think as we continue on, we're gonna we're gonna find out more and more about Mouse and about this partnership that they have established. Keep yeah. wondering if Mister has anything to do with that. Probably I'm, not. I'm saying I'm still maintaining Mister is not some garden variety cat. Well, not at thirty pounds and tailless. Um, so, but uh, you know, having a cat myself, and I would, I will, I will, I laugh every time I hear him talk about Mister. I'm like, yep, yeah. that's exactly how my cat is too. Yeah. But so how let's, cool is he at Chichen Itza? Back yeah. to Chichen Itza. Speaking of Chichen Itza, um, Harry gives the swords to some people. Yeah. To use. Yeah. To one of them, Todd has been championing this whole time. Obviously, Murphy needs to take up one of the swords, but he gives Excalibur to Susan. Yes. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say for with, this, in this point. With this. very specific instructions. Yeah. Um, you need to use this only to do good. Mm-hmm. Only to do what is right. Yeah. If you keep our daughter in your mind this whole time, you'll be fine. Yes. Yep. And then we, then she disappears. Yeah. What a really, and, and it took me a while before I was putting that together. And then I was like, oh, that's why we don't see her. She's sneaking into the temple top. She's going to sneak away that, t- that priority. Wow. Sneaky, sneaky plan. You know, the interesting thing is we get told and we went in to do a battle plan and then we get none of the battle plan. Right. And then we get the battle plan with it as it unfolds and it's all wrong. Every uh, every battle plan is perfect until it begins. Yes. Yeah. No battle plan survives engagement with the enemy. So. Well, and, and Harry walking through the temple and seeing all of the different layers of vampires that there are and feeling the power emanating from all of them and realizing he has brought eight people with him and a dog. That just <laughs> Oh, no. The dog is one of the people. And your dog, too. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> No, uh, I just loved it. Sorry, no. I feel like we should let Ken say something because we keep no, talking I'm, over him. I'm, I'm fine. I love this. I just i I'm most excited to talk about when the when the the Order of the Phoenix apparates into the Hall of Mysteries. This is what it felt like. Yeah, you, know? you mean <laughs> you mean you don't want to talk about the Mayan blood sport battle that happened between? You remember the first duel? Eh. They said, you know, well, it can be any of these kinds of ways. And mm-hmm. this duel, oh, no, it will all be by your power. Yeah. I, you know, I thought that was great, but I thought, oh, you're giving Harry the one thing that he can do. You you, you set it up so Harry is going to be all right. Well, it is, yeah, and, it and, is, and Harry even makes the point that a wizard's duel is all about how 
imaginative you are. Yeah. And Ariana, being as old as she is, has become very inflexible. So that's going to be a struggle. Yeah. So I, I thought and that was... that she hasn't dueled with Harry. So uh, she doesn't know how he thinks. But yeah. he's dueled her. He's worked against her. And he knows how she thinks. Yeah. I, I thought that was fantastic. But that was not... It wasn't that was not the big deal. The big deal was when the gray cloaks, the gray council comes in and here is black. Blackstaff was, I mean, he's, here, use this one, Hoss. I got, I got one. I've got another. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the Blackstaff. The Blackstaff goes full night blood and just starts whooping people. <laughs> that was what I thought, too. Oh that was what God. I thought, too. I'm like, wow, I've seen this before. I, you guys, you guys both Speaking talked of throwing about, out cultural references. Right? You guys both talked last episode about the times that you cried. I mean, I got emotional in this book, too. Okay. I'm sure you I, did. I absolutely did. That was one of, like, two or three points where my mouth just went. <laughs> His mouth is really big right now, you guys. It is. It is. That was emotional for me. Right uh, that, that was is, the emotional that, part. That's pretty big emotion for you. Yeah. Thanks for so. being vulnerable to share that emotion, Ken. I feel like we've grown. I think uh-huh. one of the things about that, too, that was very interesting uh, was that... Um, Leah is the means by which the Grey Council arrives. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when the Grey Council arrives, though we do not know it at the time, we hear this, you know, we see the green lightning and all that kind of stuff, and then they arrive. But we, I, I didn't connect immediately the green lightning and Odin. I, I just didn't I connect didn't that as okay. being a, a connection for Odin. But Odin is, this is, uh, it makes me wonder how long has Odin been waiting for his opportunity to eliminate the Red Court? Yeah, I don't hmm. know, but it's, yeah. It's because good. Odin, whether he is truly a god, and I think he says you'll never be, uh, somebody says, oh no, Harry says it to, to what's his bucket, to to Red, red Court kingy guy, he says you'll never oh, yeah. be a god. Um, Odin, whether he is a pretender that has lots and lots of power, ancient person, blah, 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 or a true deity. Mm-hmm. You know, Harry's Harry's pretty agnostic about making those kinds of distinctions. Well, he's he's on the same deific level as Uriel and the other archangels who, like Sanya says, is it an angel? Is, is it, it an alien? alien? Is it an alien? What does it matter? What does it matter? They give me a sword, tell me to do things. Yeah. Um, but, so, they, I mean, but, but he's been around long enough to watch the ascendancy of the Red Court. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I, it, it, it does make me wonder, back to the conversation, how do you know I haven't put you exactly where I want you? Right. So. And it makes me, that I, I again, it feels like we've just had another thread laid down that says, oh yeah, you think you know how these things have been pulled together? You don't have a clue yet. Yeah. Yeah. And this, do you this think that is... was kind of a message of, from Jim Butcher to us? He was like, you guys think you know where this is going. I think it was. Legendarium. I think. I, I think it was directly to us. <laughs> it's yes. Totally to us. I think Absolutely. it was totally to us. That he wrote it eight years ago. Yeah. yeah. Right. But yeah. I, I think that it, I think there are several things in here that say, look, this book is not the end. This is the big, this is the big, this is not ending, but this is the big this, game this changer. This is the pivot point. This yeah. Is, this is the Empire Strikes Back. So many things. It kind of this, is, this is the end of the fellowship. So many things change in this, in the overarching story. You should see Megan's face I know, when I poor said Megan. that. Oh. Well, I just finished reading The Lord of the Rings. I have very, I have very strong feelings right now. Oh. Uh, I found it interesting, by the way, that nobody talked about Merry and Pippin. Um, yeah. that's true. 
Yeah, we didn't talk about Mary and Pippin. And I guess that's okay. That's all right. Mary's one of my favorites. But anyway. We have other things to talk about. But it's it's the <laughs> fact that he still leaves all of these things for this isn't the end. There are more things coming. Uh, the power vacuum, which we'll talk about probably. I, we're at like 50 minutes right now. Yeah. I have a feeling we're going to have to have ourselves a little recap episode after this about <laughs> that'll be mostly about this book about and maybe about the other two. Yeah. yeah uh, like what's to come like yeah. the, the power vacuum, by the way, Marcone's got himself a big opportunity here. You keep talking about Marcone, but I just, I don't know. I, anyway. I'm thinking about the power vacuum that exists in the rest of the world. What if, you know, we haven't seen in the Jade. South America. We yeah. haven't seen the Jade court ever, but we've kind right. of hinted at it. Well, and there's, and there are plenty of others that we've never heard talked about that I'm sure willing to swoop in. I, the reason I talk about Marcon is because he's always there and he's it's always true. looking for opportunity. And now the red court and all of their holdings in Chicago are gone. And his nemesis in Chicago is gone. True. Yep. That's why he's I, dead. That's why I keep, you keep beating that drum. You're going to resurrect the dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> We hope so. Maybe but, uh, if Butters but, will come along for the ride. But the point it. is, that's why wow. I keep talking about Marcone, because you know that's got to be a thing. But anyway, we get to see the Grey Council. Like Up until this point, it was like Harry and Blackstaff and maybe Ramirez and a couple other people. No, there are some real heavy hitters. There are some heavy hitters on that a bona fide Grey Council. Council. Yeah. yeah. So there's, I mean, this is a, a real thing. This is a fundamental shift in the entire dynamic of the wizarding world. Yeah. So, plus the White Council is down. Who knows for how long does killing Ariana eliminate that plague? And now, now they're going to just stand back up and be fine or? I, I'm sure not. And I'm also but, sure, I mean, for me, I think one of the questions that has to be answered now uh, is as we're, as we're looking at what's going on with the White Council, remember they, they just, again, Jim, Jim Butcher kind of lobs this thing in about Christos, who's still kind of running the White uh, Council. Yeah, he's still there. And evil or stupid? Great question. Yeah. Um, I I still I still side with Ebenezer McCoy saying you know stupid's more dangerous. Yeah. But I'm not sure that that means. Notice that when he asked the question, when Harry asked the question after Cheats and Eats and everything had happened, he didn't say which is is Christos evil or stupid. He said which is worse. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one way or another, Christos is going to figure in. To, and the Black Council, I think we're still going to see significant activity with the oh, Black I, Council. I think there will be, but I, I didn't want to get into questions for the future. I want to talk about Chichenitsa, right? <laughs> I didn't mean, sorry, I didn't mean to get us off onto those those future yeah. conversation topics. I just, it's it's fun to, oh, go but ahead. it's one it's one thing that I thought was interesting because when the Great Council shows up and it's big and here, so that's going to be a, a thing for later. But what about? Martin and Susan and so let's talk about Martin. Oh. How about the whole thing? Yeah, the whole thing where he comes, pops in, and says, ah, "I've always been." He's, I mean, he's been a member of St. Giles for a hundred years, but he says he's always been a spy. Or I, has he? I and, see him as the Severus Snape of the story. Yeah, yeah. Where he is very much like he's. Uh, Snape is not really a good guy, but he's meant to be gray. We could have we could talk about that later, but yeah. Um. Martin infiltrates the Red Court and then goes into, now I can't think of what's called, the Order. St. Giles. Giles. The Order of St. Giles. The Order of St. Giles, um, pretending with the Red Court, oh, hey, I'm going to infiltrate these guys, to, you know, and, and circumventing that, which is not okay. But the fact that, like, in the end, 
I really Martin is one of the key pieces that helps Harry to win. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's horrific and horrifying. Like I can just I can only imagine how Susan's feeling at that moment. Like so stupid. Well, obviously well, angry enough to rip his throat out and eat him. Well, but I think about I mean, what a thing. Uh, Holy sequences God. earlier on where there's a there's a point at one point where um Susan is losing control because and uh and Martin kind of does a whole, you know, sun's getting real low. <laughs> scar- um, Black Widow to the Hulk where he's like, the sun's out and it's warm. Come on, we'll take some, we'll get some sun. We'll walk and we'll sort things out. Like they've been together for years and years. They have been probably as close as, as brother and sister. Yeah. We know they're not lovers. Um, and they've been taking care of each other. And he, like, I can't imagine that he doesn't care about her at all, but it is very much he's grooming her for this situation. Right. Where he's trying to take out the red court. And he has to take out the red court by becoming them. The most am, the most amazing thing for me in this whole story, and, and probably one of the saddest things for me in this whole story, is what it must have meant for Martin. Uh, a veritable side character. I mean, we mm-hmm. barely get exposure oh, yeah. to him, right? Mm-hmm. Eminently forgettable is how he keeps being described. Um, and yet, that forgettability that side nature is what allows all of the pieces to be put in place for him to exact his revenge against the man who made him half vampire mm-hmm. decades centuries before yeah remember because the 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 king of the red court says oh martin was a priest before ariana was that her name Amelia, I can't remember the, the one other that, bad lady. The, yeah, Ariana. The, the, well, Ariana, Ariana, Duchess, yeah, uh, or uh, and not just Ariana, but the the other priestess, the the gal that came up and offered herself, said, "I'm I am here. I am an offering from my Lord." Oh yeah, remember? And she was oh, the yeah. priestess. She was the one that was you know doing all of the sacrifices mm-hmm. and things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, somebody that very high up in the order, very high, you know, very uh, very much uh, a, a player within the human ranks of of this order and the king is saying oh yeah martin was that long before and he's been in the order doing our business Mm -hmm. and yet martin's played everybody yeah he played the order of saint giles he played susan he played the red court he's played harry Mm -hmm. he's done all of this behind everybody's backs you know we started last episode talking about the choice of hiding things of of where we where we sit about the idea of keeping secrets and martin has perhaps kept the best secret for decades perhaps nearly centuries from all of the people around him i'm waiting for the right time to take all of you down Yeah. yeah the right circumstances the right time I wonder if he met Susan before or after she had given birth to Maggie and if that was always part of the plan. I, I do not remember oh. exactly when McCoy took out Ortega. So um, remember, this is not just about McCoy. This is about Maggie. No, that's what I'm saying. It's because he... Oh, never mind. Because what? M- not my, Maggie... My thoughts are not working right now. I can't, it, I can't vocalize. Maggie, um, well, Harry's I, mother... Was oh. where all of this began. Right. Oh, okay. right. Yeah. Yes. That Maggie. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yes. And the awareness that 
that she developed of that Ariana developed of the relationship between McCoy and Maggie that then connects down. Um, she stored that information away for future use because that's where all of this was happening. This was this was long before this was long before Harry was in the in the picture. Her plans right. to to wipe out a family, but Martin's plans for Martin to be able to make these plans work together. Mm-hmm. What for a, hundreds of years. What a fascinating, fascinating kind of a of a story that might have been. Yeah. Um, sad, awful. Talk about questionable motives and right and wrong being thrown out and go for useful or less useful. Yeah. Remember how he was selected to be the Boromir of the Fellowship? Yeah. He was the Boromir and he, he was the one who died. He definitely was the Boromir. Oh. Yeah. 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 Do, you, do you want the words, Megan? Do I? <laughs> oh, these words. I'm like, what are the words? You know, life before I death. I don't want to I, I was thinking that. that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. And I, I used the knife. I saved a child. I won a war. God forgive me. Oh, I got them both crying. I got them both. I'm not crying. You're crying. I feel like I should be. Yeah. I am. It's, it's such a beautiful poetic moment. It is. Uh, I'm sorry. Because Susan doesn't have to, she becomes what she feared, but she doesn't have to live that way. Yeah. And she does, she it, does, it, for, it. She does it for the purpose. And because she is what she feared, she can eliminate what she hates. Yeah. What a what an interesting uh, again one of those one of those moments where you know the 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 effect uh, was worth it. But my goodness, if you'd have told everybody what was coming, nobody would have said, "Yeah, I'm okay with that." Everybody would have said, "Oh." Out of context. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. Like it's I said, he. One. Jim Butcher wrote this so well that even though I didn't necessarily see it coming, it made so much sense and just was like, okay, I can live with this. I'm not Harry. I can live with it. Um, yeah. But even then, when that's done, life keeps moving on. Harry sits down. He holds his daughter. And McCoy comes over and says, uh, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of stuff happening last night. Somebody, somebody's probably calling the the authorities. They're getting here. Mm-hmm. We can't be here. Yeah. And he's just with his daughter, um, Murphy, who, by the way, resembled an angel with Bob floating around her head. Oh in my a, gosh! How crazy! That so much. And oh. then Bob getting into her machine gun, which I thought was just absolutely <laughs> adorable. Bob, get out of the machine gun! Don't call on me for a week. Um, don't worry, Bob. He's dead. Um, but I also really enjoy that Murphy just has this wonderful, this speech where she's, you know, talking like God talking through, and Harry can see Murphy's eyes where she's like, "This is not coming from me. I don't know what this is." <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but she, didn't she care is to... the vessel of the Lord. Where it could so easily have been Sonya, um, but Murphy is the one. I don't think it could have been Sonya. Well, no, but I'm just saying Sonya is the one night of the cross. But Murphy is the one who grew up Catholic, who grew up in the yes. church. Yeah, and. If like we don't really know her church affiliation at this point, but she was she was the one that Catholic was chosen enough. to uh, to give that speech and to smite all of the red court with her words. She's Catholic enough. Yeah, she has faith. 
Yeah. And, and then later she just melts into all of the vampires with her awesome sword play. And oh coolness. my goodness. So much fun that, watching watching that description. Oh of my gosh. Every so sweep cool. of her sword, vampires dissolve. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that, even touch them, just dissolve. That's, that's why them. I don't think it could be her, by the way, because she, I mean, she said it right there. It's like she didn't enjoy being a meat puppet, you know? Yes, well, that's true. We, it, things change. Things change. Things Changes. change. Things change. And if she makes the choice, then she isn't necessarily a puppet. She is a willing vessel. Yeah. I, I think, guess could and, be the words. And I honestly think the reason that it could not have been Sonya is Sonya doesn't have the faith yet. Yeah. Um, although Sonya's pretty bad himself. Oh my gosh, Sonya's so cool. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the reading of all of the different fighting styles. Yeah. Where yeah. you have Molly, who Harry has been saying for a long time, Molly... Molly is very powerful, but she does not necessarily have the skills to be a warrior. And yet the way that she goes into that battle and she's not necessarily fighting, but she is distracting, doing everything that she can with illusions just makes me very happy yeah. that she finds a way she to can be contribute. useful and it's so freaking cool. I love that. How when going into battle with the ick too, mm -hmm. and Thomas comes back and says, you know, her light display distracted him, you know, and, and says the kid's tough. That's, yeah. I love it. I love that, that she she's is. her mother's daughter. Yeah. Yes. And she's and becoming comp comp competent. And works really well with Thomas. Yeah. Their styles work really well together. I think that'll be an interesting connection to I, I, follow. I think there's a I didn't, I didn't buy any of the, she's got it bad for you, Harry. It's like, yeah, maybe in a, in a doe-eyed Bambi kind of way. You know, hero I, worship time. Type I think thing, she. But. I think she did have it bad for Harry at the very beginning. I think she. I think she really feels for Harry. Uh, but I. I think that. I think that there's a lot of room for that. Yeah. yeah. The expectation is different. Yes. I think so. So Harry gives up his daughter. And says at the very end. I don't want to know. Mm -hmm. Um. Years ago, I had a, uh, a mentor who said to me, if you want to be, he says, you have to recognize that if you are going to be comfortable in a place, you will have to have paid the same price that everyone else has paid to be there. The idea of paying a price, especially a, a significant price, is one that runs through lots of literature. Um, it's been it's been with us since since the dawn of written word. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think I have ever been as personally um, impacted by it as I was when Harry gives his daughter to Murphy and says, "I don't." I can't know. Yeah. What a what a powerful change that Harry goes through to recognize that the thing that he wants most, he has to be willing to let go yeah. for the good of his child. I think it shows I think it I think it also heralds um, except he's dead. It heralds a new opportunity for Harold to, for Harry to understand his mother, his father, his grandfather in ways that he would never have been able to before. But unfortunately, he's dead. 
<laughs> I was gonna say, or is he? <laughs> Megan's, Megan's face. Uh, I know well, he probably is, but what if he isn't? I'm not sure he is. I'm just well, saying. Although I, yay! although Todd's got me a little bit more convinced because that is a great little loophole for getting around it. I will say this: uh, for me personally, I I believe very much in yeah. the idea that 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 life does not end when mortality ends that's part of my that's part of my belief system um for many people it's part of their belief systems as well um we're going to find out a little bit more about what jim butcher writes for harry's belief system because we got like eight more books it's true and about another dozen still to come and he so. has i mean he, we've referenced ghosts in previous books yeah as yes. well so it's very it'll be very interesting to learn a lot more about that I think one of the things we're going to learn is Harry's connection to the island in Lake Michigan. Ooh. Oh, yeah. To the I Demon think, Reach. I think that's going to be part of what we're going to learn. Plus, we've got briefcases sitting out there. Ugh. <sighs> I, uh, my, my issue with the short stories is that I feel like if it was important enough that we really needed to know it, he would put it in the regular books. But they're fun. But I they're know. Fun. They are. They fill in gaps. They fill in. They fill in holes. I yeah. know. It's just it's another like the book mortar I have to on borrow the from the library and then give back every three weeks. <laughs> I feel guilty tying it up. Yeah, I'm not ready to buy to purchase a whole set of all of the books yet, but I probably will. I have, have we talked enough about uh, changes? Are I'm, we changed out? I think we're changed out. You can keep the changes. Mm. <laughs> well, hopefully, you have enjoyed our our journey through changes. Uh, we have more to go. We've got uh, we've got a recap episode that it sounds like we're going to be putting together real soon. Here, I think we want to. I think we do. I we think need we need to talk to, about these. Last we need to three. have a we need to have a spot where we can say okay, and the story thus far. Yeah. Uh, and then start digging into the next series. But can we start reading Ghost Story now? I think we all should. Oh, I know I already oh, have. Oh, okay. I'm like I don't really want to start reading it. First of all, I don't want to start reading it until I know that Todd and I are going to finish about the same time because I don't want to run into the same situation I did with this one where I finished it three weeks ago. And you guys are keep, you're keep talking about things and I'm like, I don't remember that. So I'll tell you what, I will yeah, let you fine. know when I start the book. I read it on, I, I read, listen to it at one and a half times speed. It takes me about a week to get through the book. Okay, so, but are you reading other things in the meantime uh, that you yeah, need to finish first? We do have some other things that we're doing with, uh, with the Stephanie portion of the blue team. Yeah. Because okay, I'm, um, so, I'm still working on the Lord of the Rings appendices, so I, I have a few minutes before I can. Uh, I think you'll be fine. Okay. Professor Craig will get you through those. I think right. we'll be fine. So we'll uh, we've got a little bit to do in the meantime. Okay. So thanks everybody for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Podcasting long. Let's uh, talk about Dresden, talk, baby. I was going to say, sing for me really quick, Meg. I don't have a song nice. in my head right Kyle, now. Or Todd. You're not Kyle. I'm not Kyle. Oh, oh gosh. gosh. I'm so sorry. Cave of doom. Cave of doom. And death. That is so going to be on there somewhere. I don't know what that is. That's from Last Airbender. Oh, I just started that. I'm literally on episode four right now. My when you get to the cave of two lovers, you'll you'll understand. Okay. I'm not I'm not interested in Airbender, which is sad. Anyway, go.